This is MRN Out Loud on MRN.com, presented by Bloomin' Mondays at Outback Steakhouse. And also brought to you by Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. MRN Out Loud, presented by Outback Steakhouse, the season finale. Woody Kane alongside Joey Meyer, our last show of the season, recapping what happened at Homestead Miami Speedway. We crowned not one, not two, but three champions. And I don't know that there was a huge surprise in any of them. You might say Matt Crafton, who, by the way, will be on the show a little bit later. Tyler Reddick, who will be on the show a little bit later, repeats. And then Kyle Busch was already a champion. You know, Matt Crafton, a two-time champion already. So was there a big surprise? You know, it's a deja vu show. Seven years ago, <laughs> we got to sit right here and start this show with our MRN Motorsports Monday show. That's shirts. right. We're going we've, retro. We've transitioned. We've got our old producer back in the booth, Craig Moore, who's behind the scenes doing a heck of a job. Last week was Daryl's last week. Uh, for five years, and Craig was with us to start. And here we are giving onions away again. So why not have repeat winners all around? Just You're, yeah. you're a winner, you're a winner, everybody's, everybody's, everybody's a winner. winner. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but it was uh, on the cup side, let's start there. We had four very worthy contenders in the championship. Four, Denny Hamlin, the only one among those who hadn't already won a championship. But it was almost like, as the others had issues, Kyle Busch just kept chugging along. That's it. When we look at uh, the scoreboard during the first two stages, clearly in the top five for most of the race was the four, the 18, the 19. Uh, you know, and those guys were just running so, so well. Uh, it took a few mistakes mm-hmm. to take people out of the equation. Uh, the last time I can remember somebody putting the tires on the wrong side happen? of the car, you, people have no idea how intricate those setups are behind it's the pits. It's all choreographed down to the last Correct. breath. Yeah. The only thing the same between left side tires and right side tires on a race car is a factor black. Yeah. Okay, every single thing else about those cars, from the circumference to the size to the air pressures, are completely different. Because our, our MRN analyst, Rusty Wallace, yep. said the air pressure difference between those two yep. can be 20 pounds. Absolutely. I was going to say 20, even possibly 30. Yeah. We'll put 60 on one side during qualifying. So huge, huge differences in tires. Very, very important. It's not like doing a rotation on your street car where you take <laughs> yeah. the lefts and put them yeah. on the rights and you don't notice the difference. Uh, for that mistake to happen was un- uncharacteristic and un called for uh, in a number of years we've never seen it and then you had the 11 car coming superb pit strategy they're going to look like they're going to win the race they come off pit road good and what we do every team does what they do as we get towards the end of the race the engine manufacturers go okay and i'm just going to make numbers up here during the race you can run 270 degrees uh, of water temperature at the end of the race the last 40 or 50 laps will allow you to run 290 and say possibly 300 degrees. You know, you don't have that much further to make exactly it survive. Right. And what we do is we can tape up the openings in the car. Why do we do that? Why do we don't want our motor hotter? Because now it makes the car a little more faster. Air, more air goes over it. My car is going to be like we wouldn't qualifying. Mm-hmm. It's going to go over the car, be a little faster, put a little more downforce on the nose, and I can be go. I can go quicker. Unfortunately, that little bit of tape that they misjudged. Went from 270 to 350. And that's and too much. And we saw the little choo-choo train as yeah. he was coming down. The, it's that blowing steam out, so they had to come out. He would not have finished the race without it. Uh, and again, the four car kind of chugged along. He was doing what he was doing, but he realized he didn't have the fastest car, so he had to roll the dice, man. 
We're not in Vegas yet, but we were mm-hmm. in Vegas. Phone. He needed to try and get out front he and take had control to get of out it. Front. So clearly, at the end of the last, when we look at history, the last 20, 30 laps of Homestead was always a caution. Mm-hmm. It allows everybody to bunch up. So Harvick stays out. He's going to be out in front and then almost has a whole bunch of people lapped. No caution flag. Kyle Busch just goes along and does what he does, and poof, everything turns out, and he's the leader of the race. Mm-hmm. Comes to the checkered flag, gets a second win for those guys, and uh, and really what it does is, you know, he remember his first championship, everybody was giving the team grief because he didn't run the whole season. That was the injury year. He had the catastrophic Daytona wreck, broke both of his legs with, you know, almost career-ending injuries potentially, mm-hmm. and, then, and then NASCAR gave him a waiver, which they allowed him because of medical issues to come back and finish the season. He able to make a championship, but didn't run 10, 10 or 12 races. This was a whole season. This really justifies where Kyle Busch goes, this legitimizes my first championship, which he didn't have to legitimize. Right. But the second one was done very well. Him and Adam Stevens had a flawless, perfect day at Homestead. All right. Well, speaking of Kyle Busch and Adam Stevens, let's start with Kyle Busch. He talks about, and this is something you don't often hear from Kyle, talking about the emotion that he was facing as he uh, rode that last lap as he took the white flag at Homestead Miami Speedway. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. I'd pro- I kind of probably don't remember much of it already, but um, you know, I do remember taking the white flag and and uh, crossing underneath that, and just I had some tears rolling down my eyes for the last lap, and was just like, "Come on, man, we still got to finish this damn thing. Don't be such a <laughs> assist." But um, how was my last lap time? I don't even know. I quit looking about 10 to go. Okay, so hopefully hopefully it was decent. I don't know. We had a good lead to the guys behind us. But uh, overall, just, yeah, emotions were starting to set in. I just uh, probably didn't know where, where the hell my mind was, was at. But knew we had won, and, and we had won big, and um, was just kind of being a bit more subdued about it. You know, you don't often hear stuff like that from Kyle Bush about where, A, he's letting the emotion out in the first place, and, B, being willing to talk about it. You know, one of the things we've known Kyle Busch for is wearing the M&M's brand. He has two cartoon character M&M's on his fire suit, and part of what we see on TV is a character. It's a Kyle Busch character. He's known for getting out and giving the crying signs and mm-hmm. really taunting the fans that don't like him. Which I still think was spectacular, yes, by the way. absolutely. Yeah. He's playing a character. He's the black hat, man. Right. There's no doubt about it. Every good story needs want, yin and yang, heroes what, and villains, white, good and bad. The white yeah. cowboy hat needs a black one. Without right. without a black one, the white one's just a cowboy hat. You got no hat. story. It's just a cowboy hat. Yeah. We see the character or the, the person that Kyle Busch portrays when he's angry or when he's winning. He likes that. But to see the very real and very raw and authentic emotion from him, he's admitting the guy was crying. He was so thrilled that he's going to win this championship. And it wasn't just a race he was winning. It was the 36-race season. Mm-hmm. you got to remember, this starts, and people forget, we started in February before Valentine's Day racing. Yeah. This season prep is a year long going on. And it all comes down to one guy, one team, one race, one moment. And not only is he winning the race, he's winning, beating the other three competitors, and he's winning the championship, which is the only goal every team has. Mm -hmm. The minute January 1st rolls around, every season starts equal. Every team is equal, and they all have the exact goal, to sit right there with his crew chief and his owner, Joe Gibbs, and celebrate a championship, which is what he did. I want to bring up uh, Adam Stevens next. You mentioned him. We heard uh, briefly from him there, but he spoke with our Dylan Welch on the MRM broadcast after the victory yesterday, right immediately after the victory, and he said almost identical what you said, except he went even further back. He said, 
when the checkered flag fell at Homestead last year, mm-hmm. we've been working toward this moment. There you go. A whole calendar year to get to where he was. And Adam Stevens has both of those championships. He's worked with Kyle for both of those championships. He compared the two seasons. It felt a lot like 2015 to me, um, aside from the broken legs, obviously. But, uh, uh, you know, in 2015, Kyle came back. We got off to a pretty hot start, won a few races. We won Indy, and then we didn't win again until we, we got to Homestead. This, um, so we can... But we weren't running poorly. We, you know, we were um, competitive. We were leading laps. We were toward the front. And it takes a lot of things to go your way to win a race. Um, and one of those things that has to go your way is you can't make any mistakes. And, um, you know, this year it was kind of similar. We won some races early. We had a tied a record for a top 10 streak or something, I'm told, early in the, early in the year and, and had a couple races get away from us. Um, but it wasn't because we weren't fast. It wasn't because we weren't prepared. They just didn't go our way. Um, and there were some things that we could have done better and some circumstances that happened, you know, it's just the way that racing is. So it, it felt a little bit like that. We had to claw our way through um, the rounds. And, you know, we got in by virtue of points, which we've done um, three out of the five times we've made it. And, uh, you know, it's about showing up and being your best when it matters the most. And tonight it mattered the most. Certainly what they did, show up when it matters most and be their best. He made a comment about no mistakes. And if we look at our next guest and the guest after that, we're going to talk about the lack of mistakes that all three guys made. Kyle Busch hadn't driven to victory lane since Pocono. Mm-hmm. June. What, what got him to victory lane yesterday was no mistakes. Yep. And, and that was what it's so critical because our next guest and the guest after him also had no mistakes to Homestead, and that was their success story. They sure did. He's talking about Tyler Reddick, the Xfinity Series champion, who will join us a little bit later. But after the break, Matt Crafton, the Gander Outdoors Truck Series champ. Here's your chance to win a set of your very own Hercules tires. Go to HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Simply register, and each month we'll give away one set of tires. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading mileage coverage to get you wherever you need to go, no matter where the road takes you. Register now for your chance to win a set of Hercules tires at HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Hercules Tires, ride on our street. Hi, this is Mike Bagley. Join me and the rest of the MRN crew every Tuesday night for NASCAR Live. We'll get you up to date with the latest news stories and ready for the upcoming race weekend. That's what it boils down to. You know, anything can happen in between. And uh, we've seen it the last few years, kind of how crazy things can get. Hear exclusive interviews, expert analysis, and much more. Wheel that thing, brother, wheel it! That's why you never give up, guys. Never give up. It's NASCAR Live this Tuesday night at 7 Eastern on the Motor Racing Network. MRN's Classic Races. Labonte gets crossed up. Labonte goes around. Dale Earnhardt now watches Labonte spun across the line and got the win. Spanning 50 years of NASCAR racing. Barney Hall. There's a beautiful afternoon here in Daytona Beach. And the action will be fast and furious. Legendary voices. Legendary racers. Daryl Simply, what happened? I just hope he chokes on that 200000 That's all I can tell you. MRN's Classic Races. Available on MRN.com, iTunes, and your favorite podcast providers. He did, he did touch. No, he knocked the hell out of me. MRN Out Loud presented by Outback Steakhouse. Woody Kane and Joey Meyer. We forgot to mention that Kevin Harvick did another top 10 finish, and that means what? Free. 
free. Free. Just go to Outback, get a free blue onion. Free blue onion on Monday. They're giving them away on Mondays. Right. How can you beat free stuff? All right. You walk in the door, they give you an onion. We got a little more business to take care of later, but first, let's talk a little Gander Outdoors Truck Series action. Matt Crafton became a three time champion on Ford Championship Weekend at Homestead. He is uh, now the champ from 2013, 2014, and 2019, and he joins us now on the guest line. Matt, welcome back to the show. Congratulations, man. This has been a long, hard fight, but you got it done when it counted most. Yes, sir. Yeah, when the, the gloves came off there at the end and we did what we had to do to get there. Nah, the, the season we've had getting here, uh, who would ever thought that we would have been holding that championship trophy because of the ups and downs we've had. You know, one of the things you had to come overcome was the the, the ear thing of, of Vegas. You know, I, I was back. I was part of that with another uh, race team on the Elmore side with the engine issues. Uh, but you guys kept crawling and crawling and getting to the back of the top. When you showed it up at Homestead, did you expect to have to win the race to get the champion, or did you just want to beat the other three guys? What came first? I just about it's all about beating the, the three guys. Okay. And uh, at the end of practice, I, I, we've always been really good here. It's been one of my favorite racetracks. And when I knew we made it to the final four, uh, I, I knew they were going to have some trouble with us because I, I really felt that we were going to be good here and. And when we ended practice, I'm like, this thing's good. This thing's really good. And uh, we, we, just, we were very methodical all day during practice, and we ended practice kind of the balance that we thought it was needed to be. I was I was praying that it wasn't going to race during the day because we definitely weren't set up for the daytime there because that place changes a lot from day to night without a doubt. But uh, we made all the right adjustments, Junior. I mean, just tweaked the air pressure here and there throughout the night, and that was about it. Junior was very confident before the race, and he's a guy who will usually tell you what he really thinks about the truck, and he was very, very confident before the race. But in the race, when uh, Austin Hill had so much speed, he wound up winning the race. It's I, I could sense, and you said something about it in your post-race interview, you wanted to get up there and challenge him, but you had to keep the big picture in mind. How how difficult was that to kind of restrain yourself and go, no, big picture, big picture? Oh yeah, without a doubt. When when I was leading there, and then he he caught me, and then we started racing side by side for a couple laps. And whenever he did one of the sliders to clear me in three and four, and it's like, man, I just I, I gotta let him go. There, I cannot keep racing him side by side, as I knew that the championship guys were behind me quite a ways. But I didn't want to slow us down, burn our tires up racing like crazy men. And I, <laughs> we did what we had to do, and just kept they kept telling me where that whoever was the championship guy behind me at that point and i think we had nine seconds on him and so at that point we just kind of rode and took care of our stuff just in case we had to yell it you know matt i'm I'm really happy that you used all of the lessons that i taught you from talladega oh here we go (laughs) (laughs) but but what's interesting is is you are the most experienced driver in the field and, and we don't like to talk about age but from an experience standpoint you really had two of your veterans in your ear the entire race with Jason Hedleski and Carl Joyner. When you show up at the track, that automatically gives you an advantage, don't you feel? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, having Jason and Junior, I mean, they're, they're phenomenal. And I, I feel they're two of the best that's out there. And we work so, so well together and just and believe in each other. I mean, everything that Junior tells me, I mean, I believe that what he's going to do on the race track is going to be better. And whenever Jason tells me clear, I, I don't have to look in the mirror. And anything he's telling me going on around me, I never second guess either. 
Matt, uh, we were talking big picture a moment ago, but let's broaden it out a little bit more. You're a three-time champion now, tying Jack Sprade for second on the all-time list, chasing Ron Hornaday, who has four. Do you think about stats and numbers and stuff like that, or is it just the immediate race in front of you? I'm, I've always just been the, the guy that just thinks about the immediate race in front of him. And at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, people bring it up, and I didn't even realize all that. I, I had no idea that Hornaday – I knew Hornaday had four, but I didn't know who had – Three year hang on hat until uh, last week at media media day. Mm-hmm. One of the things you're going to be dealing with now is as we get older, uh, one of your cohorts, the gentleman you filled in for at Talladega, Mr. Paul Menard, is retiring. You're associated with a long time career with Menards. 2020 rolls around. A, what do you do in the off season? And B, how much longer do you have? Um, and I, it's it's a shame that Paul's retiring. I mean, I know that he was he was definitely on the fence for it but in the, the day i mean menard has been so good for so many different race teams and especially for me and for my career uh how much longer i've got in the, the day i remember this guy uh ron hornday i think he was whipping our butt pretty consistently <laughs> yep. whenever he was 50 years old yep. so mm. uh i know i mean I'm, I'm having fun so i know okay, i will at least go that long good. that's the plan at least you and, do you do any racing in the off season um, I'm actually going to go out to Southern California. I have a, a sand rail, an off-road car, and side by side. And I go out there. And one of the greatest things about going out there is there is hardly any cell phone service. So <laughs> for it's like eight days. I'm out there here next week, starting next Sunday. And in the day when they call, and there's. I didn't have service. Yeah, I think you're I sorry. Think, I think your team owner just cringed when he when he heard sand rail. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he knows. He knows. He's actually been out there with me. It's talking about uh, Duke and Rhonda Thorson from Thorsport Racing being with that great organization helps a lot. But I want to shift gears a little bit, Matt. I was working the turn in that race between three and four, and on one of the restarts, I, re- I want to say it was the second stage. I, I noticed something coming across the track. It hopped up on the wall and walked along. And at first, I thought it was a cat. I heard later that it was a fox, and Todd Gilliland in the four truck hit it. Did you see any of that? I didn't see any of it. I heard about it after the race. But that, I mean, it, if that would have brought out the yellow, that would have been, and we would have lost the race, that would have been like the perfect story for our year. <laughs> right. <laughs> of all things. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. That's what, uh, I was with Stuart Friesen yesterday and, and having a few drinks and they, they were, they were joking because this truck was really good on a short run. And I could maintain with everybody. And then I felt ours was the best of the championship guys by far on the long run. And they were talking about, man, we need, we were thinking about throwing something on the track. I said, didn't you guys throw the fox out there? Oh, man, that's fantastic. Well, Matt, congratulations on a really spectacular season. We appreciate your time and uh, enjoy being out there with no cell phone contact here for a few days. Yes, and so I'll just tell you guys right now, I'm sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Matt, thanks for your time. Congratulations. Thank you again. Appreciate it. Good job, Matt. There you go. Matt Crafton, the 2019 Gander Outdoors Truck Series champion. Three times now he's done it, tying with Jack Sprague. Only Ron Hornaday with four has more. We'll take a timeout here on MRN Motorsports Monday, which is now MRN Out Loud. We're on Retro Week. When we come back, we'll talk to the Xfinity Series champ, Tyler Reddick. Since 1942, Freightliner has been an industry innovator, developing trucks renowned for their dependability and efficiency. Whether your job requires a dump truck, 
a concrete mixer, or a delivery truck, you can count on Freightliner to maximize your productivity with a wide range of horsepower and torque rating that meet even the most demanding job conditions. Freightliner trucks are built to build your business. Learn more at Freightliner.com. Freightliner. Work smart. Hey guys, it's Dylan Welch. He's Tyler Burnett. We're the co-hosts of the Rip the Fence podcast. If you like traditional non-wing dirt track racing, we've got the podcast for you. Shane Meal trying to drive away. I can't do everything, but I could do anything and everything I wanted before I got injured. So, Just like many of the great podcasts going, we invite racers in to talk, and they tell us their life story. And it's how I feel that matters. It's the Rip the Fence podcast, available on MRN.com and your favorite podcast app. Veteran drivers and rookie drivers. NASCAR Today Midday keeps you up to date with all your favorites each weekday. It's a dream come true. A lot of you know the path that I've gone down. It's a lot of opportunity with the package changes, you know, with the Chevrolet and the work they're putting in. And I know one thing's for sure, it's good to have my name on the top of the cup car. Don't miss any of the breaking NASCAR news with NASCAR Today Midday. Only on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. White flag is in the air, and Tyler Reddick sees it off from turn number four. One more lap car to navigate around. There he's at the strike. He leads into turn number one. He can almost walk it home from here. A spectacular performance tonight in Miami, Florida. Off turn two for the title time. It's all Tyler Reddick. And what a phenomenal way to cap off what has been a great season. He's the best of the big three as he works down the back straightaway for the final time. Tyler Reddick on his way to becoming a two-time NASCAR Xfinity Series champion. The right rear of that Chevy Camaro is just leaning on that safer barrier. Here he comes out of corner number four. Checkered flag is in the air. The Ford EcoBoost 300 and the 2019 NASCAR Xfinity Series championship belongs to Tyler Reddick. That's the way it sounded on the Motor Racing Network Saturday on Ford Championship Weekend. And the winner and the champion joins us now, Tyler Reddick. Congratulations, man. Uh, I can't believe the way things worked out almost the way they did a year ago for you, rim-riding your way to the championship. Does that make you nervous at all to be that close for so long? Evidently not. You've done it two years straight. Yeah, you know, it It, it really doesn't. But I, I definitely was more nervous this time around with uh, having, uh, you know, the name of my uh my seem to be uh son on the line i uh i didn't want to mess that up so i was my nerves were getting to me uh you know cole's obviously a lot closer this time he's right there battling and on uh, you know he when, once he hit the wall there with about 10 to go it gave us a little bit more breathing room but for sure he he closed right back in again so we're just trying to be smart didn't want to push any harder than we had to but um you know he kept me honest there and it was uh it was a fantastic battle with the big three. I mean, that's that's how we wanted to go down. I, I hated to see Christopher have the speeding penalty, but that's what it was all about, man. We we battled each other all year long, and it was so fitting that 50 laps to go, there we were, right, just the three of us, just uh, going at it again. And, and honestly, not far behind, Justin Algar was right there too. So it was a it was a crazy battle, and it's 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 hard to it's hard to it, it is just crazy. We had such a such a cool battle and such a great year come down to the last uh, last run of that race. Tyler, congratulations, back-to-back champions. It's a very limited list of drivers that did back-to-back champions, let alone what you've done, which was back-to-back champions with different teams. But when you show up to Homestead, you have something to think about, and I'm curious what direction you go. 
we've seen in the past in all three series, essentially you have to win the race to win the championship. What came first, winning the race or beating the other three drivers? You know, um, it was more about being the other three. I mean, we I, there were stages in that race when we were ahead of uh, the other the other three, and then we weren't in first. But I, I thought, you know, getting the lead of this race is a good thing. Trying to make make the most of the the fresher tires and the clean air would, would be beneficial to us. So, you know, there was there's points in that race in the in the last stage that you know Noah Noah had the lead and. Uh, you know, I tried to thread the needle, push the issue to, to get by him so I could just give myself uh, as much of a lead as I needed. So, I mean, the, the 20 and the double zero, you know, the double zero is really fast. You had to overcome the, the loose wheel and come back through the field and get back on the lead lap, which in itself is, is incredible and very difficult at a place like Homestead. So, you know, he was hungry. He was working, working hard in there. And, you know, Christopher, once we, we got one, two, he was running really close lap times to what I was. So getting as much as much advantage as you can is important. And uh, obviously we almost got a little too far ahead of the double zero there when we all came to pit road, but it all worked out. We still made pit road and, um, you know, we were within reach to, to go out and get the championship. Chatting with back-to-back Xfinity Series champ Tyler Reddick here uh, as he has uh, locked it up at Homestead Miami Speedway. You mentioned, uh, Joey, that uh, there's not many guys who've won two championships mm-hmm. in the Xfinity Series. Mm-hmm. Here's a partial list. Sam Ard, Jack Ingram, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Kevin Harvick, and Martin Truex Jr. Mm-hmm. Not bad company. No. Uh, and Tyler, as you as you think about things like that, are you a stats guy? Do you look at stuff like that, or are you a day to day racing kind of guy? You know, I what's so cool about Twitter. You know, there's 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 pluses and, and minuses, pros and cons to to social media and, and, and Twitter, Instagram, and all of those. But what's really cool is you know a lot of the there's there's people out there that keep track of all the little things. You know what the what the championship standings would be in the old format if you will the traditional format uh you know how many how many consecutive top fives you know a driver you may have compared to some of the greats of the sport and you know a deal like that is is really really cool and another crazy stat is just so cool is you know christopher leading you know 2000 plus laps and in, in 33 races up against some guys that you know you know legends of the sport like sam as well so just stuff like that is, is really cool to see and it just goes to show how special of a year it was for for all three of us, I know Christopher and Cole, you know, wanted to win the championship too, but, you know, winning eight races uh, for Christopher and leaning on those laps and Cole winning seven races and then us getting six. I mean, we all had great years and only one of us was going to walk away champion, but I feel like this year and how it all went is something, you know, obviously I'll go, I'll look back on something special, but I hope they do too. I mean, the last race is a big deal, but we all had fantastic years. Yeah, Brad always told me that stats are something you look at after you retire or mm. if you move on or something, and it's good to have good stats. You appreciate what you've done. Tyler's but, only 23. Yeah, he's, he's got, got a ways got to a go. Long, yeah. long way to go. Yeah. Hey, Tyler, you, you're, you're going to be a new father, which is cool, and you got to name your baby Bo, which is awesome because, ironically enough, my grandson is named Bo. So that's, that was really cool to see. But what that's I want cool. we make such a big deal about you guys that are really good running up against the wall as your newborn is coming out and he starts crying, you're going to have to give him his binky to quit crying oh and boy. to make him comfortable. No, my question is, when you start having to ride against the wall, is that your comfort zone? Are you relaxed up there? Or do you start running the bottom, as I call catfish, and running the bottom and look up there and go, okay, I know I have to go up there. Okay, I'll have to go up there. and That's where I'm going to go faster. Is that a comfort zone or a nervous zone for you against the wall? I mean, it, it's it's a comfort zone for me, quite honestly. I I feel like uh, when I've gone and tested at some of these legendary racetracks like Darlington, you know, Homestead's 
Homestead's up there on my list, obviously. I guess that shouldn't be a surprise. But, you know, the, all these racetracks are so much fun, so cool. Rockingham, another one. And, you know, for me, the closer I am to the wall, the, you know, the less you, you don't hit it as hard if you're running closer <laughs> to it. And uh, the first time I hit the wall at Darlington, man, I smacked it coming off a of turn four, running the very bottom, got loose and caked it. And, uh, you know, the times I've hit the wall hard at some of these racetracks, it's, it's running too far away from the wall, making a mistake and slapping it. So I I quickly figured out the closer you run to it, the, you know, the easier it is on your car when you get into it. I mean, Chase Briscoe, going back and watching that race, had a, a big tire failure and basically rode the fence halfway around the racetrack, and he, he rebounded to run run third, I believe. So yeah, that was crazy. The closer you are to it, the closer you are to it, man, the less damage it does to your race car, and it gives your guys a chance to uh, – go back and, and, and get back out there and recover. And I remember very early on in my career at Texas Motor Speedway in the, the old worn-out surface, mm. having contact. Uh, I think I was top of three wide with Joe Nemechek and another, and, um, you know, tire was going down. So I started to uh, feel it go down, and I wasn't smart enough. I thought I was going to run the middle to give myself a little bit of a, you know, you think you want to get away from the wall so you don't hit it, but you just build momentum, man. Uh, if you're going to have a tire failure, it's better to be right up next to it so you don't KO the car and you can finish the race. Obviously, Tyler, winning a, a second straight championship is a big thrill, a lot of fun. But the fun doesn't stop there. I understand you've got a, a pretty big deal coming up this week in Orlando with Xfinity. Tell us what's happening. Oh, it's awesome, man. I got to go to Universal Orlando Resorts last year. We had a had a parade. I got the kind of a VIP experience and um, got to see a lot of really cool things. And that's all thanks to, to Xfinity, Comcast. What they do for this series is, is awesome, and it's it's been an honor to race, you know, full-time with them for two years, the part-time schedule the year before that. It's just been a lot of fun. There's a lot of great people over there, and um, it's just, just so cool what they do for, for young guys like like myself, Cole, Christopher, um, and, and the others that will be racing in, in the future in that series, just doing everything they can to make a name for themselves, and, and that's their big deal. Names are made here, and, you know, the three of us have, have had really good years, and we've ran really, really well the last – this last year and it's it's gotten us all cup rides next year so it's uh it's really cool that they do everything that they do for for guys like us and uh let us go out there on saturdays and put on great shows for the fans well one of the things you get to do you mentioned it a little bit you get to get out of the Xfinity series which has been so successful the last two years and go cup racing which is a big thing and at least you won't have to see those other two guys anymore will you oh oh wait a minute that we were yeah. talking before the show, that will be one of the most intense because all three of you guys are getting in very competitive cup cars that were good this year, and that'll be a good battle. Uh, what what do you look at right now as being your biggest obstacle to overcome in your Cup Series rookie debut? Just probably going to be the biggest thing is getting a feel for, you know, my competitors and, and what they like and, and how they, I wouldn't say what they like, but, uh, you know, how they race, you know, me. Christopher Cole and I, um, you know, I think we're very upfront about how hard we race each other and how much we enjoy that, and we're not bothered by it. You know, some of these other guys may, you know, we got steel bodies on these cup cars now. We can't be bouncing off fences in each other. We'll, we'll cut tires, you know. So just just that that whole just getting back into the, to the swing of things, remembering, all right, we're back in steel body car. I can't get away with, with knocking the fence down or running into this guy or that guy. So. Just, just coming back to that realization, um, realizing the longer races. Granted, what's awesome about it is we'll be racing against, you know, some some legends of the sport, some some great drivers. The best, of the best are in the Cup Series, so we're gonna have fun. But the biggest obstacle is gonna be to probably keep the the right side clean. It, it's some of my more favorite racetracks, such as Homestead and the others where we move around. Um, but on top of that, just just realize that every mistake is 
is much more uh, much much higher penalty. I feel like we've we, we were so fast this year we could overcome a lot of things and it quite realistically it's very difficult to overcome that in the cup series you know in yesterday's race if you were, you were off just a little bit and the leaders lapped up to 15th place and all those guys behind were were in a tough spot from that point on in the rest of the race and it was hard to get the laps back so there's no room for error you gotta you gotta be able to take off early in these races you can't go laps down and um it's just what's what's exciting for me is seeing how fast those rcr cars were at homestead and how well Austin and Daniel did. So the team's working hard. We're uh, we're going to do everything we can to start the year off on the right foot. It's definitely going to be a challenge. But Randall, all of our guys, we're looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's got to be a good comfort level for you, knowing that the whole crew, I, I believe I heard, is going to move up with you to Cup. Is that accurate? Yeah, we're trying to take everyone that we can. And, uh, you know, you know some, some, some can't. Some want to stay home. You know, all that stuff will get worked out. But, it's awesome that Randall's coming. Um, it's 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 you know I love Derek Nealon to death. It's gonna be a lot of fun having him on the on the spotter stand next year. He was uh, he he did such a great job for me in my part time year at Ganassi. Uh, you know when I went to Kentucky, I had Ron Lewis spotting for me, who who also did a did a great job. But it was so much fun on um, the weekends I wasn't racing to get up there and stand with Derek, see what he would see, listen to what he was telling Kyle and. Um, and, you know, Alex, whenever I guess he was driving the car and just better understanding, uh, you know, how difficult that job is. So I knew then and there that Derek was one of the best and that's who I wanted. I loved his style and how aggressive he was as a spotter and how much he loves winning. So it was the perfect match and it just it just fell together perfectly this year. And, uh, you know, to have him come on board and make any side and then it kind of the door opened up, the opportunity opened up for him to come uh, cup racing with us and. It's just a, it's just a great great opportunity. Yeah, it's going to be really cool to be able to be with the same people who have been so successful with you to get you to this point. Tyler, we appreciate your time. Congratulations, back to back championships in the Xfinity Series and heading for a big time rookie battle in the Cup Series next year. Thank you, man. Appreciate your time and congratulations. Absolutely, and I I guess happy retirement, Joey. I uh, I saw that you're hanging the hat up after all these years. It's uh, it's been cool to have you up on the spotter stand and uh, wish you the best with uh, with all the piloting stuff. Appreciate that, man. Thank you very much. I was going to say congratulations and uh, good luck on that fatherhood thing. That's going to be a big thing. <laughs> you think, yeah, you got, think, you think racing is hard. Wait till you, that's oh. going to be, yeah. yeah did I hear uh, right that, that you've been practicing the diaper routine on a cat? Is that true? It was just once. It was a joke. But I mean, it, <laughs> just I, once. You know, change, just one time. Change one diaper on a cat, you become a cat diaper changer the rest of your life. Yeah. Right? No, my, uh, you know, my girlfriend brought a cat when she moved in, and she, she's a great cat. She's she's loud. She's obnoxious. She knocks stuff over, but she's one of the best cats ever. And, you know, she's she just sat there and let me put a diaper on her. It's hard to figure out where to put the tail. Um, but you know it all worked out. All right, that is the perfect spot to wrap this up, Tyler. Congratulations and thanks for your time, man. Absolutely, guys. Thank you very much. Congrats. There you go. I never thought on this show that we would get to cat, cat diapering, diapering but here we are. Anyway, what Tyler mentioned mm-hmm. is what we're going to talk about next here on MRN Out Loud. Joey Meyer's last show on our last show of the season. We'll talk a little bit about that when we come back. 
For five decades, the Motor Racing Network has been the voice of NASCAR. And now, it's time to tell our story. They are in turn two in front of Mike Joy. With help from some of the sport's iconic voices. Oh, crap! And I spin around. Here comes Richard Petty! I'm Fred Armstrong. Join me for MRN's newest podcast series. MRN presents 50 Years, the voice of NASCAR. Available for download on MRN.com. And wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The battle for the 2019 championship will be filled with twists and turns. we, we got to kind of calm down for these speedway races because you can use the bumper, but you end up taking 10 other people with you. Each weekday, NASCAR Today brings you the top stories in the sport. That's a totally different experience for me and Cup. In the garage, at the track, or behind the scenes, NASCAR Today keeps you up to speed every weekday. Go for it. <laughs> what do we got to lose? I don't know. I mean, you might as well try it, right? When you're on the go, missing the side-by-side action at the racetrack isn't a problem. Here comes Logano on the high side. He drives it deep into turn number two. Motor Racing Network brings the NASCAR race to you, wherever you are, so you don't miss one lap of the excitement. Denny Hamlin has won the 61st edition of the Daytona 500. You are the man, D.H. The power of radio to the imagination of the listener. Tune in to the Motor Racing Network. Visit MRN.com for an affiliate list in your local area. MRN Out Loud presented by Outback Steakhouse. Today on Monday, if you're watching on a Monday, you can go by uh, Outback Steakhouse and get your free Bloomin' Onion because Kevin Harvick got another top ten. But onions and tires have been our motto here the latter part of the season, and that's because Hercules Tires is giving away a free set of tires each month. You can register by going to HerculesTire.com slash MRN. You might be a winner, and as everyone knows, Tires aren't cheap. No, and they're black. You can only get black ones. Right. They don't have red or orange or anything like that. Just to wrap up what Tyler was mentioning, next year, 2020, there's going to be a fantastic group of rookie drivers, something we haven't seen. Not only are they really good drivers and past experience with an Xfinity or truck, but they're getting in really good cars. Mm -hmm. We have to remember Tyler Reddick's going to RCR Cup, taking just about his entire team, bringing his spotter from the Xfinity side over to Cup. Derek Nealon came from Chip Ganassi, was spotting for Kyle Larson. Mm-hmm. He's going to make that transition. Christopher Bell's leaving uh, his Xfinity team for Gibbs, going over to the Levine family slash Gibbs Association. Affiliated in car, that, yeah. In that 95 car, bringing crew chiefs with him. You've got uh, uh, Cole, Cole Custer, Custer sitting in the Stuart Haas Xfinity car, could have won that championship, now going and filling that seat for the 41. And most likely, John Hunter Nemechek going to fill in that seat over at front row. All of those guys have been successful in the truck slash Xfinity series, and now that's going to be an amazing battle. They're all like the, any of them can barely buy beer, right? That's, yeah, yeah. They're, they're just old enough to do that. Some of them are, and it's going to be a really good battle there for 2020. Rookie battle came down this year to Daniel Hemrick against Ryan Priest, and Daniel Hemrick gets that. Tyler yep. Reddick is moving into that car for the 2020 season. Yep. But as Tyler also mentioned, you're gonna you're gonna see a big change next year in yeah. your professional life. Tell you know, the folks about what's going yeah, on. Yeah, seven years ago, you and I sat down here. We started a show. Seven. Called, seven years ago, we didn't have video. We had nope. a whole lot more hair. Not really. We had black and white. The yeah, black yeah, and white yeah. TV with the rabbit ears. And we had Craig working our our production team, and we put a show together from MRN. We were g- given a good opportunity. Uh, and we moved forward, and uh, last year I thought was going to be my last year on the spotter stand. I was able to get with the Wood Brothers, an amazing operation over there. But I got a call from Dale Jr., 
Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody you may know him. Uh, I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah. He, he's uh, had a famous father. Yeah, I guess you'd yeah. say, and he's but, famous in his own right. Yep. Yeah, and but uh, he asked me uh, if I'd be interested to come fly an airplane for him, and I'm going to take that opportunity, which uh, allows me to get off the spotter stand uh, after 23 years. And, and because I'm not involved in racing, it's kind of hard to come in and do mm-hmm. a radio show about racing when you're not be racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this will be my last show. I appreciate all our listeners. I appreciate working alongside of you, Craig, who's on our ears, who you don't get to ever talk to, but I get to listen to him <laughs> tell us one commercial or that I'm. Yep talking too much kind of like right now and uh, it'll, it'll be a good opportunity joey's word of the day word of the day exactly we've had our words of the day we've had a great time here uh, and this will be a good finish uh, 2019 will be my last time uh, being on mrn it's been a good good opportunity uh we've had a lot of fun man that's what yeah, it's we about. have had a it's lot been of, really cool had a lot of fun so i appreciate all that Tell me what you're uh, you're thinking for next year. I, you said it's it's a good uh, point, a jumping off point for you. When we were talking earlier, because yeah. with Paul Menard retiring, that's like a, a clean break type situation. Yep. So you know, Paul Menard uh, ended this year, and I was able to finish his career with him, uh, Matt DiBenedetto. We clearly had the opportunity to work together, uh, but he was somebody fresh again, and he had his own spotter that realistically we've heard a lot of spotter talk with guys mm-hmm. Derek Nealon with Tyler Reddick and and Jason Hedleski with Matt Crafton it's about relationships and if one of the things we've talked on this show for a number of years is about how important those relationships are and Matt was going to come to the 21 team and I was going to be able to spot for him but he was going to be have to leave somebody that he wanted and it's a really good opportunity for those guys to continue working together so when they get on the radio at, at Daytona for the first time, he hears the voice in his head that he's used to, and that's going to be able to give them a good advantage. Uh, I was looking forward to working with Matt, but it's really, really difficult to turn down an opportunity uh, when Dale Jr. comes and says, hey, I'd like you to fly my airplane. I started my career with his dad back in mm-hmm. the late 90s. Uh, it'll be hopefully I can finish my career with his son and uh, fly for Dale Jr. off in the sunset. And uh, you've got a little uh, f- uh, further school coming up to, to to get up to speed, right? Yeah, in aviation, every time you change airplane types, you have to go back to school. So I'll go my December, uh, my off-season. You know, we kid about the off-seasons. Mm-hmm. We've already got a full plan of uh, off-season travel with uh, schooling, uh, with personal travel with him and his family. And right away, Dale Jr. will be back down in Daytona. Uh, for the 24-hour race. Uh, mm-hmm. He's racing Homestead, Miami. He'll be at the Daytona 500 doing some things there. We'll go to the Brickyard race. We'll go to the Kentucky Derby. You know, we do a lot of travel uh, for personal and for business reasons, and that's why we have pl- planes. Well, it's going to be a, a big change for sure, yeah. but I think uh, I agree with you that what you're saying, you, you think it's the right time yeah. to make a move, and sometimes opportunities just present themselves whether you're seeking them or not, yeah. and it seems like that's what happened here. But I just wanted to say I really appreciate the time we've spent together, and uh, we had hair back then. That's it. Way we back did. then. We, we look what's happened to us. Yep. Yeah, we were part <laughs> no, of a hair no, band. No, no, no. I'm going to interject here, and neither oh, one boy. of you had hair back then. We, don't lie. Okay, Craig. Joey yeah. said you're not to be heard, so yeah. we're, you know, well, don't I'm blow it now. Heard on his final day. Okay, yeah, okay. all right, we can no we hair. can allow that. But uh, I just wanted to say I really appreciate the the passion and the energy that you brought to this show and the the clear dedication to the sport and what we're doing. It's really made the show pop, and I appreciate all you've done. You know, I've been part of NASCAR for a long time. I actually was in NASCAR side of racing before aviation. Uh, the two worked together for the last twenty three years. It'll be something I definitely miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, but looking forward, I have great optimism about our future. And uh, again, I'll still be around. I just won't be sitting on the spotter stand. There you go. That's going to wrap it up for us on MRN Out Loud for the 2019 season, season finale there. I'm Woody Kane. That's Joey Meyer. Make sure you're with us on MRN.com all season long. Also NASCAR Live every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock Eastern. That will continue even after the season through the off season. And once again, Joey, man, thanks. Appreciate all the time we've had. And, Very good. And good luck next year. It's going to be a 
lot of fun, Thank and uh, I'm sure we'll see you around uh, from time to time. Absolutely. All right, folks. Thanks for being with us all season long, and catch us next year. Okay. MRN Out Loud presented by Outback Steakhouse. Wrapping up the season, the 2019 season finale for NASCAR and for MRN Out Loud. We've got a great guest list today. We have a great guest list. We have a little bit of throwback on our shirts. There's a reason for that. It's like a deja vu kind of show. We had second-time champions. We had people finishing second twice. Mm -hmm. We had winners and champions that didn't win a race all year long, and they're on our show today. And a special announcement from Joey at the end of the program as well. Make sure you're with us for this week's edition of MRN Out Loud. Good deal.